what hurt you so badly about this episode. I thought it was kind of fun, but you look like you're having a bad time. No, it's fine. All right. I'm fine. You don't, you don't, you don't like... How'd you feel about it? I thought it was all right, actually. I, thought, I think I think this may have been my favorite episode that I can remember so far that doesn't also have Leslie in it. You're smiling at me, but you're smiling at me in that way that, like, if it were legal, you'd, you'd hurt me with a knife. Uh, I mean, let's get one thing clear. Okay. The legality of knife murder is never the thing that stands between you and me and that, that sharp, pointy death. Well, that's that's something that separates you and I, then. While, Just while, while keep we're, talking. While, while we're contemplating each other's murders, this is the Big Bang Theory theory. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm Kyle. If we had a time machine, we'd go back and change the name of this episode, of this series, but we're stuck with it until we have a better idea. So, why do we do this? I'm not sure anymore. I mean, I'm fine, but we, I try to figure out why people like this show and and why every person I know on Earth, myself, hates it. And I think we're going to get closer to that today because I find myself in the like it pool and you look so so madly in the murder hate it pool. No, it's not. It's not that. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll get, get to it. Yeah. The, what happened in this episode, Nate? Sure. So. Micro summary. The nerds buy a time machine on eBay, presumably. Uh, not just any time machine, but the time machine from the, what is it, like 1960-whatever adaptation of the H.G. Wells book, The Time Machine. They buy the time machine. They expect it to be a miniature prop. It turns out to be a full-size time machine. A good chunk of the episode is them just fighting about how to actually get it up the stairs into Leonard's apartment. There's a whole lot of squabbling over how they're going to share the time machine and who gets to use it when. And the time machine is stuck in the stairwell. Penny can't get to work. So she has to, I can't believe she does this. Uh, Sheldon says, well, go up to the roof, jump to the next building and go down their stairs. And she has a whole adventure with that that we never get to see, which would be a much more interesting thing to watch than the episode. I mean, I thought the episode was fine, but that would be more fun to see her do that. So she's mad. She's yelling at the nerds, and she makes fun of Leonard for being a giant man-child who has a, t- a time machine amongst all of his toys and comic books and whatever. Leonard gets sad about this, decides he's going to get rid of everything. And then I think the part that kind of kind of ruined it for me was Penny sees him as he's about to tear open an old action figure box, uh, assures him that, no, you're great, don't worry about it, you're special and wonderful, and gives him a smooch. Leonard thinks he's going to be able to smooch her back. And then Penny's latest handsome beefy date comes up the stairs and chases her in the, into the apartment to have happy fun, naked times. Uh, and then the rest of the nerds go about like playing with the time machine as if, as if no other part of the plot or character development had happened at all. And that's it. What's up, Kyle? How are you doing there, buddy? I can talk. You have to promise me something right now. I'm not going to do that, but keep talking. You can't make fun of me. What? For being open about how I feel about this episode. I mean, I'm going to, absolutely. That's who we are. Know that I care about you. You're my friend, and I cherish our time together. Ugh. And whatever you're about to say. Like, I'm I, I'm not guaranteeing I'm going to make fun of you, but I'm not not going to make fun of you. I am... It's not about as this shirt, is it? As ridiculous as this sounds, I am fighting back tears right now. It does sound ridiculous. For how much I am obviously, and I can feel myself doing it, over-identifying with Leonard in this episode. Oh, no. 
Oh, it's not. I, I have no. There's no. What? There's no ironic, ironic detachment here for me, Nick. Is there also no erotic detachment? <laughs> no. There's just. It's. I'm too in it. So I feel like, and this isn't to make fun of you, but it's something that bugged me when I was watching the episode, which is the the drama that Leonard is having with Penny. I think is something that every weird, nerdy, ostracized person has ever felt. I feel like I had that growing up. But I feel like it's such a childhood thing that it doesn't translate well to people that are supposed to be in their late 20s. Like, I feel like there was a certain point where I was like, yeah, I am a big, goofy nerd ball. And if a lady doesn't like Mega Man, she can, or like doesn't like me because I'm big into Mega Man, she can go and eat her own butt. So what's what's going on with you here, buddy? Look, this episode is about a guy, like, for a minute, there, it's just, I'm really, I'm cycling back and forth between different kinds of upset. I'm also really mad at this show for sucker punching me like this. Like, this was not the deal. The deal was this show would be stupid. It's not allowed to suddenly oh. get real on me like this. Do you want to know what's really happening in this episode? Leonard is having a mental breakdown. I mean, he's having a real bad time. The, I mean, as stupid as it sounds, the decision to throw away all of your comic book collectibles or to sell them spontaneously like that, that is not something someone does if they are not in a very dark place. That is not necessarily true. I, in, in, I'm i just saying the way I read it in this episode. I don't think it necessarily has to be in a dark place. Like, I, I really hate that, that, that phrase. It's like a biblical thing, isn't it? The, like... Uh, when I was no longer a child, I like threw um, away my childish things or whatever. Like yes, like you know, he had this this opportunity. I wouldn't necessarily call it an opportunity as much as it was bullying to to reanalyze, reassess his life, figure out what's really important to him. Now the weird thing is, is we didn't figure out what that was. We just like, oh, I don't like what I am, so I'm going to get rid of it. And then it didn't change anything, and it came back. But, like, I don't like, I uh, recently, like a few months ago, went back to Montana to get my crate of old video games that I've been carrying from apartment to par- apartment with me my entire life. And I sold them all for $400, and maybe I did actually cry. And maybe people who saw that I did that did ask me if I was going to kill myself. But it was, it was just stuff that I wasn't using. And I feel like if he'd actually pulled the trigger and got rid of his comic books, he's still going to be nerdy, weird Leonard. Here's the other thing too. Like you're, you're making this sound like such a bad thing. Don't forget that if you're in Leonard's place, you got all up in Leslie's guts. That's pretty cool. I had 100%. I nine times out of 10 go Leslie over Penny. One in 10 would be really cool. She looks like she has like, she looks like her skin fits, you know, that's pretty cool. Do we, do we want to talk through this? I don't know. I mean, I feel it's stupid, right? It's stupid. To, it, it's a dumb episode. You're right. It's all played for laughs. It's just something about it. I mean, there was a certain amount of fidelity to all of it that just like... And also, I, w- I want to make it clear. I don't think Leonard is a good person in this. Like, I don't think either his decision to get rid of his stuff is well thought out or his decision to go back on it is particularly well thought out. I mean, as you point out, he basically he gets rid of all this stuff because... He somehow has has decided karmically that if that the thing that is keeping him from sleeping with Penny is you know his Supergirl action figures, which to be fair, she calls him pathetic. Uh huh. I mean that's that's not nice. 
Well, there, there's nothing we have yet that would suggest Penny's a good person. That's so it's true. it's not like we're taking the criticism of someone that uh, us, not the nerds, but you and I, the other nerds, like the, the criticism of someone that we respect and think is like well-developed. And I feel like, you know, Leonard's the only one who takes it seriously because the other nerds are like, whatever, she's the neighbor lady. Like that's, it's, it's only Leonard because he's so, he's so influenced by her, her power over him that he's willing to reconsider his whole life because she said a mean thing because she was late for work. You know, you made some jokes. Sheldon, I thought, and maybe, no, it was Leonard, and maybe like the smoothest thing he said in the entire series, Penny's mad about not being able to make, make it to work on time because the time machine is stuck in the stairs. And he's like, well, you know, if you got the time machine with me, I could take you back to yesterday so you wouldn't have to be late for work. And she gets mad at that because, you know, she's late. But I was like, Leonard, that's the only thing that I think you've actually just like handled smoothly as far as dealing with an awkward situation. And, you know, really, she could she really should use a time machine. It's her fault. She was late for work. No, it's no one else's problem. That's who she is. She's she's mean. She's not punctual in a building that does not have a working elevator Uh to jam the stairwell for what had to have been like an hour that they were dragging that thing up the stairs is a pretty irresponsible thing to do. I don't know. I feel like if I were in that situation, I would absolutely call work and be like, sorry, time machine problems. And be like, I get it. She's broke. Well, I mean, sort of. I mean, about how, like, we, you know, we, we talked before about how she she's allegedly I mean, money is broke. weird on this show. Yeah, but she affords her own apartment in a also, lot of building in Los Angeles. Also, this is a weird Angeles. aside, but they make, yeah, they make such a big deal about how Leonard doesn't really have $800 and to spend on the time machine. And it has no significance. And it's like, if Leonard lives in that apartment, Leonard has $800 to spend on that time machine. Yeah, they even talk about how he might need to sell blood and sperm. Which, by the way, me and all my, my other my poor, dirty friends... Um, we're all you know about the same age when I was graduating from college and then I've said real jobs. We all sold a good bit of plasma back in our day. And you know what? It's a good investment. Not just because you get the money from the plasma, but also when you're a little oozy woozy afterwards because you're missing some of your fluids, that much easier to get pretty tanked when you spend your plasma money on beer. Uh, so it's a perfect good, system that's a good really. Hack. I could never give blood. I get weird about like seeing the it come out of my arm. I feel Oh, like I definitely fainted once. And also, like, my blood pressure at, at the, that time of my life, it's probably too high now, but was too low. And they'd be like, oh, just go fucking do some jumping jacks and come back and get that juice right out of you. I never had my blood. I think I got a flu shot in college. I remember I remember the the nurse lady being like, we're going to have to – your bicep's too thick. We're going to have to get, like, an extra oh, big needle. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I don't know if that was true. Maybe It was probably because I was fat. It probably had nothing to do with the muscle, but she was like – she was like, yeah, oh, we can't use a normal needle on your fucking arm. You know what's extra great about it is I still have the scars. And so, like, it was always fun being like, because there's, there's no good way to explain it. People are like, oh, man, has he been shooting up? And I'm like, no, things are fine. I'm just so poor I have to sell my blood. <laughs> it's not, I don't know, something about the way Penny yelled at Leonard, called him pathetic, you know, that kind of. Bad crass bitch. Like, yeah, what? That wasn't good. But it wasn't so much the, it wasn't so much that she, like, was mean to him as like his idea that somehow he has to make amends to her by getting rid of, I mean, it just looked like a lot of, of self-flagellation, which is its own, oh, form oh, of, yeah, oh, yeah. which is his own form of narcissism, right? Like the idea that again, he thinks that if he just like abandons all of his childish shit, that somehow she's like going to magically be attracted to him is really nuts. But it's just like, if this were like a better show, 
Leonard would find out exactly what I fell out, which was all of the nerdy shit is not the reasons you're unhappy about yourself, my friend. Like, that's got nothing to do with it. Even so, the parallels had me going down a dark place. But I think we also forgot a fun thing, which is to reveal the name of the episode and see how angry it makes either of us. Morlock. I'm betting it's the Morlock something. Definitely. I'm going to go with the, the Morlock Continuum. Season 1, episode 14 is called... Oh, God damn it again! What? That doesn't... That doesn't even... They say that line one time! And it's a throwaway line. It's So this episode... Why can't the people who write this show name their own fucking show it's, episodes? It's, it's impressive in how it's consistently inane and upsetting, though. We should know better by now. This is the 14th time we've done this. Anyway, so this episode apparently is called The Nerd The Nerdvana Annihilation. Because because at one point Wallowitz sees all of uh, all of Leonard's stuff collected as he's about to sell it to Larry down the street at the comic book shop, and he says, "Oh, it's a Nerdvana," and I guess Annihilation must have to do with the fact that he's going to get rid of it all. That's the beginning and end of that. Cha! God damn it! I guess it's impressive the way that they can always keep us on our toes. Yes. Yeah. Really, really annoying. Do we need? Do we need like a real break? Do you need? No, I'm fine. You're the one. It's funny because I'm the one who's who's sad right now, and but you're obviously the one who's more uncomfortable with like real emotions being present or recording. Yeah, no, real. The, I earnestness is the most disgusting thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> you are you are panicking right now. I yeah. can see it in your eyes. No. Okay. It's, it's awful. That helps a little bit. I'll pull my eyes. Okay. Uh, nope. I'm not cool. I will never be cool. I don't know. Ladies don't think I'm cool. I will die alone. So with that note, we can move on. You know fucking Krav Maga. Uh, yeah. It makes surprisingly a little difference. I think probably because it's not like something you wear trendy at a t-shirt. And it never fixed my abs. You know what's really annoying? What's really annoying is being on this, like, the best shape of your life and in better shape than a lot of people who do have six packs, but you just don't have the genetics for it. So you can use your Sharpie. Always use. Oh, you can, you can fucking get abs tattooed. You can tattoo abs. And even if you get fat, you keep the abs. It's perfect. I don't, th- I think people can see through it. See through your abs. Ugh. Through, through the tattoo. See through a tattoo. Cause I, I have no tattoos right now. Which is weird. Like, a lot of my friends have... We need to get tattoos! Let's get tattoos! get tattoos together! Aw, tattoo bros! Except, except here... So for me, I have the immediate thought that no matter what tattoo I think I might get excited about now, there's no tattoo I can get that I wouldn't regret, like, within, like, ten minutes of getting it and then feel stuck with for the rest of my life. Do you have that problem? No, not at all. I'm pretty sure that if we both got the, uh, a, uh, Mount Rushmore-esque tattoo of the four main characters sorry, no of the big bang theory oh i fucking hate you for even <laughs> suggesting across, this profanity. across our shoulders how dare you what the fuck ever man you're gonna die you're gonna die with a sweet big bang theory tattoo on your shoulders people are gonna take a while to figure out what that was about um okay so one probably the funniest thing in this episode or the cutest thing when they're in the time machine He's practicing traveling, or he presses the button to travel forward in time, and all of his friends run around, like, super fast. That like, was super fun and cute. Like, the montage. Like, I want friends like that. Hey, 
Maybe you've got one. I need two more to make the effect really work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so to get to the to the weird Sheldon moment. Yeah, this was, once again, inconsistent. Well, they admit that the characterization is somewhat inconsistent in this one. So it, in, a way, in a way that I thought was effective. Yes, because... But troubling. Because... I mean, it was another thing that added to the, like, this whole episode was, like, a bad dream where, like, everybody's, like, a little too real in, like, the way they, but, um, at least that was my emotional state watching it. But, um, so he wakes up from his fantasy, um, and he finds, oh, well, actually, I think this is before that he has that dream. This, I, we, yeah. We've so long ago in this, in the show, abandoned any sort of actual right, right, sequential right. So importance. he's sitting in the time machine, all morose, and Sheldon comes out, and Sheldon looks at him and goes, wait, something's bothering you, and I can tell. Yeah, yeah. And uh, not only that, but after he says that, Sheldon, uh, Leonard says something like, oh, yeah, you, I'm upset. You picked up on that, huh? And what I thought was going to happen next was that Sheldon was going to... Uh, detect sarcasm for the first time and he would like fully awaken as a person instead i think it was uh he stopped and he said oh i guess would you like me to sit here and talk with you about your feelings he's like that'd be great he's like i'm on fire tonight yeah i mean he starts he starts to walk away and then it's like it's like some some faint like you can practically see him remembering like his mom telling him when he was 15 now if you ever find yourself actually noticing that someone is feeling bad, here's what you should do. And he turns around and he's like, wait, I know what I have to do. Do you want to talk about what's bothering you? So this is a theory that I recognize is not going to hold up as I explain it, but I had to bring it up anyway, which is, I don't remember who this guy was, but he had a son, a son who is, uh, had significant autism and was mostly non-communicative. And then, I think over time, the son like loved Disney movies and watched a lot of Disney movies. And one day, suddenly, the son communicated to his father yes, this through was a Radio Lab episode. Yes. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. But yeah, I think like I think it started like through Lines of the Lion King. Yes. And that's when the dad was like, "It's not that he can't communicate. Like this is this is just how he he understands." And so then they had this incredible realization and they end up being able to use the Disney movies to bond together and actually get to know each other finally. And right. so teach the kid how to talk normally. I wonder if Sheldon seeing Leonard in the time machine <laughs> oh. was finally like, wait a second. I, can... I, I recognize this from the media that I consume. This yeah. is a person that has having feelings and thoughts that, Instead of just, like, another object in the real world that's a distraction from whatever he's doing, now it's within his his understanding. Yeah, I like that. So, so basically, if they, like, if they ever need to explain to Sheldon, like, how not to be selfish, the only real way to do it would be to all dress up in Star Trek uniforms first and then, like, yeah. sit him around a bridge and be like, Captain, we need to explain something to you. Or, or like, how when I was in law school doing mock trial, and I'm very shy and awkward and and prone to serious anxiety and so i was having a real hard time getting ready for it and my friend was like why don't you just pretend it's like world of warcraft or something wouldn't that help and then i wanted to murder her (laughs) ah that's the worst so that's okay when it happens to sheldon because he's not a real person but hey 
old law buddy who I won't name because I actually still like and admire you. Not cool. Harumph. I don't get it. Why was it not cool? Because I'm a, I'm a real adult human who doesn't see the world in terms of World of Warcraft. Like, I don't go into... Oh, oh, so you're... Okay. I don't go into a trial thinking, like, ah, the prosecutor is one of them orcs or whatever. I see. So I, I've got to do my dailies if I want the judge to rule in my favor. So, you, just to be clear, you're saying relating to people primarily through, like, video game and movie metaphors is not how you exist in the world. No, no. In, interest Me too? Also sure. me. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Definitely not who we are. That would be weird. Oh, and again, we're getting so distracted. We were talking about Sheldon's feelings and emotions. Oh, but the other thing I was thinking, why the theory falls apart, is that Sheldon's entire world, I guess it's not that far apart, because it's exactly what he's talking about. His entire world is seen through these different, like, uh, pop culture, video game, comic book uh, lenses, because that's all his friends use as their own self-identities. Like, I don't think you have to see Leonard in a time machine to understand that he's a person, because you could see Leonard and be like, oh, you're already covered in all this fucking Star Trek paraphernalia. It wouldn't be that difficult for me to think of you as any other character in any other media, which is probably how they all think of each other already. Nah, I still think you're right. I think it's just not, most of the time they're too vaguely defined. If they really wanted to sell it, they'd have to be... Like, if they really want to... Also, it might just be that he has a... Like, it's weird how strong... Well, they have they all have a very strong connection to this movie, The Time Machine, which I would probably... It's it's just a hyper-specific, even for this show. Yeah, um, yeah, it doesn't make sense. But, uh, but it might just be that Sheldon is particularly, like... The Time Machine is such a specific focal point that it triggers something deep inside him. So Sheldon has some sort of serious... I mean, that kind of makes... Because the... the, the Episode ends with him having a very graphic nightmare about being devoured by Morlocks. It does. And also, you mentioned, uh, we, we talked really quick about how, how fun it was when Leonard first gets in the time machine and turns it on and everyone pretends to be moving through time really quickly. Yes. Sheldon, for being a real irrational sourpuss, was yes. very eager to play along with that. Yeah, I mean, he just, he went right into it. And he was smiling and laughing. Like Loving a, it. Like, for a minute there, he was just a normal friend. Ooh, we're unlocking a piece of of Sheldon's childhood here. I mean, it shouldn't be surprising that he'd be big into H.G. Wells, but that he'd be so close to this film that it's one of the things that he needs to be able to interact with the world with any sort of, uh, like, emotion or relatability. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it really, this episode, like, to be fair, I think he recognizes that Leonard is going to regret five minutes after getting rid of that stuff. He barricades the staircase so that Leonard can't actually, like, go through with selling his stuff. We should write our own show. Well, it's funny you should say that. Well, and, you know, not one of the ones we're already talking about. It shows specifically where we write Sheldon Cooper. We're not going to call him that for obvious reasons. But <laughs> every, every sentence you say is just increasing the damages we have to pay in the inevitable lawsuit. Oh, nah, whatever. It's it's pastiche. You know, we, we can get away with that. This is from someone who said earlier as we were having a conversation, you know, I didn't really study. It's like I'm a lawyer, but trademark law is not my thing. It's probably not that important. I took three classes on intellectual property and wrote a 15-page paper about Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back, so fuck off. And, uh, no, we could, we could write it about Sheldon, but the real Sheldon, the consistent Sheldon, not the... This will work for this episode because we think it's cute, Sheldon. 
but the the hyper rational, unfeeling, manipulative, goal focused Sheldon, and how he would really affect everyone around him. And it would probably not be a comedy for more than like five minutes. No. Yeah, I think it'd be much closer to something like Hannibal. <laughs> yes. Maybe less gross. Oh yeah, there'd probably be a lot more of like him having sex with like half-eaten bodies and stuff. Wait, a lot more of Sheldon or Hannibal having sex with half-eaten bodies? Oh, there's like a lot of weird sex stuff in Hannibal, like and necrophilia. Is there no necrophilia? I heard there was necrophilia in Hannibal. Let's talk as much as we can for a few moments about Penny because she's more significant in this episode. She's been gone for so long, and now she's back in to... All of a sudden, she has a personality again. Yeah, and she is kind of the whole uh, catalyst of the main plot. She horribly hurts Leonard, and then it is only through her forgiveness or acceptance or reassurance or whatever that Leonard is whole again, which happens just before she again again, like, without even thinking about it, rejects the advances that she's not picking up on, mostly because he's not really making them. And that's, like, her full arc that you would expect throughout the season happening within, like, one 20-minute episode. Yes. Complete with all of Leonard's stuff, too, right? Like, he goes through the whole counter-arc, which, like, maybe if I change enough, she'll love me. Oh, wait, she's never going to, like, it's not the it's not the nerdiness. It's the fact that I'm not six feet tall and classically handsome. Oh, I guess I can go back to being obsessed with nerdy shit. Cause this was a stupid. Yeah. And it gets over it so quick. And, uh, in fact, I really think what this episode reveals is that nerdy ephemera is just the opium of lonely men. Do you, did you not know that prior to this? I think it's something I deliberately forget from time to time. And then I'm, I don't know. I, I don't appreciate my fucking 22 minute pop culture show that I look down on for being so stupid of reminding me of it either. Ah, yeah. Things aren't looking good. This show, it's making us confront a lot of uncomfortable truths. Anyway, it's definitely the time where we have to get to our takeaway. Oh, and then the thing that we'd never do. Hey, the show's on iTunes. Go get that and give ratings and share and whatever. Who fucking cares? Like, listen, I don't know. You listened. Thanks. If you're not listening, you're not going to hear me say this. You're an asshole. Can you pause this for half a second while I look up our Twitter handle? We also have a Twitter... Yeah, I set it up right now. Um, we're uh, the Big Bang Theory Theory at BB Theory Squared. Yeah, obviously, we're not paying much attention to it or using it for anything. But if you at us, you can send us abusive texts. So we've done our completely useless self-plug in our, our failure to bother actually trying to promote the show. That means it's time to get into our takeaway moment. I don't know. It was weird seeing Sheldon use his emotions, but I bet we like. I bet this is one of those things where, having seen it once, it'll be like 14 episodes before we see it again. Like it would be great if this were part of a natural evolution where each episode he becomes a little more human. That's definitely not how it's going to work. No, no. Oh, actually, that's not my takeaway. Here's my real takeaway. What? 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 This episode, I think one of the reasons it got to is I feel like it, this episode was actually written by a nerd. Oh. Like, there was just too many nerdy rep. There's too much nerd love in this episode for it to be entirely, like, someone just Wikipedia-ing shit. I feel like whoever wrote this one really did love the time machine, 
really did like have a at least some kind of collectible collection and knows who the Justice Society are and who the Golden Age Flash is, and that's always a deep cut. And that usually that strikes me as a little more. So I'm I don't know exactly how these shows were written, but it feels like they have some episodes are written by non-nerds who think nerd shit is basically funny and irrelevant, and some are probably written by people who you know. Still hate nerds or whatever, but, yeah, you know. This was Larry's healing episode. Yeah. This is where he was coming to terms with his own penny. Yeah. And where, in the end, he did realize, you know, consciously or not, I guess. it's I guess yeah. he can't realize it if it's not conscious. But that, uh, that you know, he's going to keep on being a nerd. Yeah, he was sitting there surrounded by Audi pillows with his typewriter going, yeah. it's okay. It's and not, okay. And not keep on being a nerd because ultimately your crush will accept you or because you'll find someone better, but keep on being a nerd because whoever you love is probably just going to fuck somebody else anyway. So may as well just have some toys to play with. Yeah, I think that's exactly what that's definitely where this episode comes down. Yeah. Yeah. My takeaway I think is going to be their adorable bond of friendship when they all do the little time traveling thing. When Leonard first turns on the time machine, because that is a very pleasant thing that I think, uh, it's it it transcends just the interest in their little nerdy worlds, like because can, everyone can like the same thing, but not everyone's gonna take that joy in playing the little game together, and that they all know to do it without any communication. That's that's like when my friends and I we would play a blackjack guitar hero and get drunk, and then we'd all just start getting naked and fun and laugh, and there'd be no reason for it, but we all just knew it's naked guitar hero time. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, well, two things. First, oh. about the show, which is, if the show, like, this episode, the one where they're sending the computer signal around the world, if this episode were a lot more of that, it would be so much more wholesome and, and enjoyable to watch, I feel like, for me. Uh-huh. I don't know, for for America. But, yeah, stuff like that is really good and heartwarming. Uh, secondly, if you just want to get whatever the newest edition of Guitar Hero is, or even just want to fight, if no. you want to get out your PlayStation 2 and get Guitar Hero no. 2 out of the dust. No, 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 no. It's not how it works, because uh, as Leonard almost learned, and then immediately forgot in this episode, Sheldon was trying to help Leonard cope with all of his feels while he's sitting in the time machine, and he's like, well, you can't change the past. And uh, in the same way, can't really go back to the past. Those times I had with my friends, getting drunk, playing Guitar Hero, and then getting naked and hanging out in a hot tub and doing a bunch of dumb shit like that, that's not coming back. That was a decade ago. I can't recreate that. I don't live in the same place. I don't have those same friends. We're not the same people we were a decade ago. We all still are just fantastic, but no, picking up Guitar Hero now is not going to do any of that. Just like you know, playing, like, the original Mega Man isn't going to make me feel like I'm eight years old. I mean, well, some ways it will. So you're saying Leonard probably would have been right to have gotten rid of all of his shit? Not necessarily. He would have been right if he recognized that he no longer needed it. Like, when I got rid of my video games, I had to sit and think, like, how often do I play these? I've been keeping them in a, in a, in a footlocker that I move from apartment to apartment. I don't even take them out of the footlocker. It's really just memorabilia that I take from place to place. And uh, so I moved here to L.A. I didn't move that stuff for like a year, and I didn't need it. And now that it's gone, I was really sad to get rid of it, but I don't need it. That was like a realization. I accepted it. 
I didn't get rid of it because of pressure, because I wanted someone to like me. So I was like, I'm done with this part of my life. That's that's the difference. Oh man, what a what a wholesome note, you know? Like we, for better or worse, and against maybe our own wills, we really learned something this episode. Yeah. And that's that time machines are fucking cool.